Yeah. I love my HBCU And boy I love it, love it I love it, love it I love my HBCU And man I hope my team they won one I hope my team they won one Yeah Man I hope my team they won one I hope my team they won one I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor uh, yes, sir. Yes, and sir. pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. And you're going to learn today. This is Dr. Neville with the Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Yeah, Charles looks like he ready to eat. <laughs> I like it. I like it. How's it yes. going, Charles? Doing well. Doing well. Getting ready to come into week two of some exciting HBCU football action. So uh, looking forward to it. It's crazy. It's just like we just were in week zero. Don't yeah, go know, too right? fast. Don't go too fast. We we liking this. <laughs> it is definitely uh, coming at us fast and furious now with regards to uh, football. But I tell you what, uh, some great action this past week. Uh, looking forward to some uh, even more uh, great action this upcoming week. A lot of out-of-conference games this upcoming week. So. Yeah, let's get into it. We're going to break some of those down. We did some on Tuesday, but we're going to get into our next group. We'll talk about some classic, and we might have a little rerun uh, to get into that because, you know, we all have to have um, our breakdown in terms of who you're going to select. I might get in the mix since Mike is out on assignment, but let me get to it. Welcome to episode 177 of Inside the HBCU Sports Live radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dives for all things HBCU sports. Large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture. HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. As you know, just Charles Bishop driving it home. Even he working out, putting his CrossFit on. I see you inspiring <laughs> the world out there. We are filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCOH 1230 AM studios from Texas Radio Hall of Famer, uh, Ralph Cooper getting it done in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THC Agency, LLC. THC Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Today's show will be a good one as we do our rundown of HBCU news. We'll get into some games that you need to keep in mind. See your thoughts. And let me shout out before I twist it to you, Charles, and see what your thoughts are. Let me give some shout outs to these lab listeners out here, man. They're going hard in the paint as they always do. Ricky Burton, William E. Davis, and several others. Michael Ford, good evening. Ready for tonight's lecture? Hashtag AM. Hashtag bye week. I'm going to float this out there. Week three, it gets interesting. AM traveling to Bethune Cookman. That first mm. second matchup, if you would, we had the Jackson State FAMU 
Now we have Bethune-Cookman debuting. Alabama A&M on the road to Bethune-Cookman. That's a surprise. A lot of people have Bethune-Cookman as a surprise. Will it happen that early in the season they jump on somebody? Or won't they do it? We'll see. Burton says, we in the lab, baby. Yes, grand fan. Hashtag grand fan. I like it. John Richardson. James Bryant. Michael D. Jones. Good afternoon, week two. The Braves need a win. Yes, they do. And we'll talk a little bit about that. That's a good one to get in there. Give a chance to do it. James Knox. William E. Davis said, when the dark clouds gather on the horizon, there's something about strike and strike and strike again. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Reggie Watson, good evening, gentlemen. Yes, Reggie, CIAA in the house, Mary Allen. Hello, guys. Thank you, Mary. CIAA in the house next Thursday night. Oh, boy. We have a big one Thursday night, too. Let's get this on here. SIAC, you talked a little bit about the Elwood Waters. Prime time. ESPN will be nice in that matchup as they get it going on. But let me go back to you, Charles. What are your thoughts? What's hot to you right now? Yeah, quite a bit of uh, hot news coming out. But you know what, uh, Dr. Bill, let me shout out Chuck Hunt uh, and Kate Johnson. They were down there at the Orange Blossom Classic. Uh, Chuck hollered at me, so I definitely want to uh, send a uh, shout-out to Chuck Hunt, a uh, great guy who always follows us uh, week in, week out. Lab listeners. Uh, but when we- no doubt about it. Good job, Chuck. I saw the picture. Chuck, appreciate you. Was in the oh, yeah. house representing. I see you. Yes, indeed. But let's start off, and this is a product of the times that we're in uh, as as Tuskegee. They became one of the the latest schools to uh, look at altering uh, their football and their homecoming activities. So uh, a very uh, important message from the president that came out, but effective immediately. The university, they're going to limit the size and access to regularly scheduled uh, public activities, including upcoming home football games and athletic events at uh, additional measures include this right here. Attendance at all home football games and athletic events will be limited to currently enrolled students, faculty, staff, and designated contingent groups from the visiting team. Tuskegee students who wish to attend home games must show proof of a negative COVID-19 PCR test uh, that has been conducted no more than seven days before the event. So Tuskegee faculty staff must also provide proof of a negative COVID-19 test within seven days. Spouses and other family members of faculty and staff are not allowed to attend the event. So uh, this is uh, more guidelines, if you will, in regards to some of our HBCU uh, teams and their homecoming activities and their home games. So uh, this will significantly affect uh, something that we all look at. We all look at attendance. So Great points you're making there, but let me double dip on this. North Carolina ENT to require vaccination and negative COVID-19 test results at sporting events. Uh, that one is courtesy of HBCU Sports. The Tuskegee one uh, that I read on that you spoke about was courtesy of HBCU Game Day. So you see it going back and forth. Uh, they went even deeper in terms of what they, Aggies, many of them call out they're the greatest homecoming on earth. And they have counseled some of the events associated with that. And so that came out this past Wednesday. So you see them matriculating out. North Carolina will require vaccinated fans under 12 of age to take a COVID-19 test within 72 hours before home contests and prove they have a negative test. So you'll see more of that 
Earlier this week, you had CIAA, COVID-19 game cancellation policies. We've seen these roll out for conferences, seating and ranking from CIAA. They talk about um, the process and pretty involved, whether it's volleyball, softball, tennis, bowling, obviously football, they break down in terms of reschedule the game if possible, but they have a due date that you have to do that. Um, November 10th, April 30th, April 20th, and March 20th, respectively, between those sports and then uh, football. The only date they have is uh, prior to the Saturday uh, of the conference championship game. So it's fascinating. We see all this. So let me throw this back to you. What are your thoughts on this? You said it was a sign of the time. Do you see this as a good move first? And two, do you think you're going to see many other HBCUs specifically uh, doing this as well? I think we are the significantly affected uh, group. Uh, So, yeah, I do think that we'll see more protocols put in place by our various uh, athletic teams. But uh, you have to be proactive. Uh, The reality of it is uh, during this current time period right now, the COVID numbers are, you know, what they are. They are are not coming down. They're still high. And the African-American population is a significantly affected group. So uh, until there's, uh, you know, more vaccinating, masking, uh, things of that nature, uh, I think, you know, universities have to be proactive. And I think this is what you'll see. I agree with you, Charles. And, you know, as a little plug, you know, can even make sure that you mask up supporting HBC. So I agree with you in all seriousness, you know, get vaccinated. We've seen the testing that's out there. And on the other side, more than anything, we've seen the tragedy of folks yeah. for whatever reason that didn't get vaccinated and it's affecting young people. And a lot of that has to do with adults making the decision of not doing it. And at this point, children have an option under 12. Um, and so that's almost callous in a lot of ways that you could be that um, self-indulgent within yourself to understand that there's a greater good. And so I know in a lot of ways, we're not necessarily speaking to our lab listeners because they are very loyal, very educated in a lot of ways. And some of them have had their own tragedies that they had to deal with. So prayers go out for any of you all that had to deal with that in terms of uh, dealing with the tragedies associated with COVID-19. But hopefully we can do what's necessary to support that. So we'll come back. We told you earlier that we were going to do our little mask in terms of some pick them. We'll throw that out there. Uh, We had that with pick them. We didn't get it in there, but they told you, JSU and FAMU, I think they went to JSU, but uh, we'll get a chance to test Charles today and see what he thinks on some of those pick But as we do that, get back to some of the stuff associated with more of the games. What else news do you have out there in the HBCU world, sir? Well, I, I thought this was significant. Uh, when you take a look at the Jackson State and FAMU game, uh, in terms of the rating that it pulled, uh, 0.422 rating, uh, that rating nearly doubled the Pac-12 Big Ten matchup of Oregon State and Purdue. Uh, so we, we're taking a look at Jackson State and FAM uh, had a total viewership of 715,000 viewers. So I, I think that's significant. A lot, couple that along with the great numbers that were pulled uh, week zero with the uh, MEAC SWAC challenge. And 
you know, all signs are pointing up in terms of uh, something you've always talked about, Dr. Kabir, how important a television viewership is with regards to watching HBCU. So it's something to continue to watch during the course of the season uh, where those uh, ratings come out and, and see who's not only attending the game, but even more important, who's watching the game. Attendance was solid, beat out. The reports were talking about how it beat out several of the Power 5 schools in their attendance um, and some of just the uh, G5 schools. And then you add on the rating, uh, what they got. That's significant. I want to park on that for a little bit in terms of just understanding the business side of it. While having fans in the stands is important and relevant for revenue, We've seen what the SWAT has been able to do at the FCS level over a number of years of leading FCS in terms of attendance, all except for one year since they started making a count. You see SIAC at the Division II level having significant assists with attendance, but now you see these two uh, particular brands are able to move that into the television sphere. And we see that as paying dividends in regards to the respective ratings. That's nothing just to shrug your head that that's extremely important in terms of what that looks like and how you move forward. So that's one thing that I want to keep our eyes on as we go out through uh, the year to see what does that look like as we continue to monitor that. I do want to throw it back to you. What are some of your thoughts in terms of why this is taking place? You know, we talk about the cultural aspects of it. You know, where are you going with this? What do, what do you think is uh, some attributions of what, we see going on in terms of that. And I'm sure it's more than one thing, but you put your hands on a couple of them. Yeah, I think one thing is, is the pent-up excitement of, of watching uh, college football. That That's one thing that I think is a, a significant driver, and especially uh, teams that you didn't get an opportunity to see uh, in the spring. I think Alcorn, North Carolina Central, the, that, that was a great MEAC swag. Uh, challenge everybody I knew who's an HBC fan. They were in front of their television watching that game. Jackson State Florida A&M, that is a, a significant matchup in, in terms of uh, two brand names within uh, HBCU football uh, that uh, had an opportunity to get in on to start the season off. So that generated quite a bit of excitement. But I, I think you just have this pent-up energy in terms of uh, of HBCU football. And everything that uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, has, has brought with regards to uh, – the exposure, uh, I think, of, of watching the HBCU football, I think that plays a little bit of, uh, of a, a, a hand in there as well. So I'm not sure right now the how big a hand, but I think it's a, definitely a hand that, that's played in there. So you, you got to look at all, all those factors uh, in regards to why people are tuning in to our product, and they're, they're getting a good product. You got a great game last week at Jackson State and Florida A&M. You also got a great game with Alcorn and North Carolina Central. So I, I think those are uh, – people are starting to see that we do play really good football uh, with our HBCU ranks. And part of that is just the entertainment value. You know, when things are entertainment, you know, you have a close competitive game. That's going to help with the ratings as well. G. Boom Holly put something out there that we do need to acknowledge and consider. We will see how those ratings are when everyone is playing on Saturday night like these uh, week zero and Sunday game. Competition for viewers were different. Very true. Uh, the competition is going to be out there. Uh, but part of that week zero was a strategic decision 
to make sure that you were got in front of the competition. So mm-hmm. part of the strategy of putting in week zero is just that. So you do not have that competition. Uh, in terms of Sunday, uh, that'll be interesting to see what that looks like. But that's no different than what ESPN does with its other eight um, what we see the power five conference made up of historically white colleges. They spread all that out um, to make sure uh, that they provide a framework of the competition. We see it over Thanksgiving weekend. They give Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday matchups to spread it out. You see that also in terms of them moving to play some games on Thursday to get that prime time. You see them when they set up for Saturday night games specifically. Um, So that, is just a truism for the television marketing in itself. Uh, but I do think that is a great point that you make out there in terms of G. Boo Homley, what that looks like. With that, Lonnie Shaw, uh, giving a shout-out, Kate Johnson, uh, giving a shout-out to these individuals. Let's go to our first break. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We'll be right back with the second quarter. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your family. It's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Clinton Paris. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike is out on assignment, so I have Charles getting it done, and he's already got some people. Ragging on him, teasing him because I see him smiling. So something's going on in the honey circle there. 
But as we get into it, before we get into some of these matchups, and we'll do that on the second half of the show, um, we'll revisit some after this, but let's get into it. I told you I'm doing my new thing now. I'm debuting uh, this football season, the marching sport ranking. So I'm really excited about this marching ranking. It is a top 10. What's a little different than what you've seen out there in the marketplace in terms of the band? Usually what you have is a fan interactive poll ranking. That's what I see out there. With. They'll say who won. You get to select who won. But I got a couple of folks out here that are going across the country. Some of them are band experts. Some of them are just general fans. So we've mixed it up, just like you see with a traditional fan. But we are assigning wins and losses to HBCU marching sport. You have a battle of a band, and we're focusing mostly on halftime. I know you have zero quarter in the fifth quarter. But we're going to look at what takes place between those lines when you get on either the turf or the grass. And you have to show up and show out. We do this when there's two matchups. So if you're out there and the traveling band doesn't come, you don't qualify in terms of this band poll at that period of time. So if you want to get involved in this, you need to talk to your band director and tell him to put you on the road. Obviously, there's enough HBCUs that play in classics. That'll help some because they usually be on there. Um, or you need to make sure that you're going to go to some of these games when your team is playing in a non-class game. Get on the road. It's not my fault. So let's tee up the top 10. We're going to go through 6 to 10. I'm just going to let you see that. I'm not going to get in a lot of thought on the 6 to 10. You see that going out there, and y'all can see the names. Um, this starts from week zero, so you see some teams. I mean, bands, I should say, the marching sport. Had head-to-head, for example, Alcorn State in terms of Dynamite Band, as you know, the sounds of Dynamite versus uh, the Blue and Gold Marching Machine. And so you see some of these teams that are moving around and they had games, they go back and forth. So I just want you to see that. But let's get into the top five. That's what we really want. Get into the top five. Charles, before I get into this top five, anything about this top Six, I mean, top 10 in terms of 10 through six. Any concerns you have there, or you want to wait to get into my top five? Let's get into the top five. I see one missing from the top five, but we'll we, 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 we go with it. We'll go with it. I, 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 I kind of like this. <laughs> this is going to be fascinating. I'm glad you like this. So we have number five, Tennessee State, the aristocrat. They are one and one. Mm. One and one. On the season, in terms of what they got to get done, or should, I'm sorry, they were actually one and one. And the reason they're one and one is they played in the national battle of the bands. So remember when I had my week zero, it was part of the bands where you had eight teams. Okay. Uh, eight bands involved, right? I keep wanting to say teams because we're doing this from a sporting framework. So you'll see me sneak in teams at times. Because we're calling these bands, the marching sport, the teams. It was eight of them. So that's essentially like having one-on-one matchups. So that was going to be four winners and four losers. Four losses. I know that's tough for some people when they hear losers the eight. I don't know. <laughs> some of y'all can't handle it. Yeah, it's a loss, right? 
So Tennessee State was not ranked in week zero. They had a loss. They were not part of the top four that were ranked that week, so they had lost. They bounced back against Grambling as they went into Cleveland for the Black College Football Hall of Fame. And for my folks that watched the game were in person, they gave the nod, the victory to Tennessee State. So they jumped Whoa! in the top five. So they won and won. Okay. They got the L for the National Battle Band. They couldn't get in the top four. But that direct matchup with Grambling, they got their weight back up. So they won. So it'll be interesting this week because now they get to go down there. Southern Heritage Classic, they got another matchup. So they've seen three in a row. We're going to see if they get on a roll or do they hurt themselves. 69 points. Prairie View, the marching storm. One and oh, and notice they had a conference matchup. So they both got a one and oh overall, and they get a one and oh in the conference matchup. That's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. So they got to do conference matchup against Texas Southern, Ocean and Soul. Yeah. People were saying the Ocean Soul new band director, they sounded really well, small in size. But ultimately, what the people told me, it was Prairie View. So they are top four. They were not ranked because that was their first matchup. Okay. Going into number three, we have Southern. They were part of the National Battle of the Bands and they won. They move up some spots, even though they didn't have a head-to-head matchup this week against another HBCU, because some teams fell out and lost a matchup. They moved up three spots, because week one, they were number five. At number two, you have another example of that, Bethune-Cookman, as they were in the National Battle of the Bands. They were top four rankings, so they had a zero. They didn't play in terms of HBCU battle matchup. Two first-place votes. Some people think they should have been number one. They move up two spots for number four. At number one, you have Florida and Marching Storm 1 0. They were on national TV. They had the guy dunk the basketball and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) They edged out Jackson State. Now, Jackson State is one and one. Okay. They won and they were top four in the National Battle of the Bands, but the head to head. And look at this again. This was a conference matchup, so you see, FAMU was 1-0 overall, also 1-0 in terms of the head-to-head conference matchup. It's going to be fascinating to see what this happens week to week, to see what the people think about them. Do they say thumbs up or thumbs down to Dr. DeVille's marching sport, HBCU band, poll rankings? I want to know what the people say. But, Charles, they don't have a mic. They have to have their comments down here and let me know what they think. But you get to get the mic, and you get the comment. I want to hear your thoughts. Well, here's my first thought. One, two, three, and four. I don't see any MEAC bands anyway. I know it's got to be a MEAC band. So I still don't even see a MEAC band at five. So if I'm a MEAC, I'm like, what what are you doing, Doc? Who are these people telling you? <laughs> Whatever's going on. Hey, but you know what? Rick, Rick, some... Before you do that, go ahead and put back up six through ten. They got some okay. love in there. They in there. All they, right. they, they in there. All right, I see them. You got some in there. A and T at ten. Some of them fell out this week. They were in there because they did uh-huh. well. Norfolk State 
State was all the way up to six last week. So they yeah, won Norfolk over. State a beast. I heard about them at the Battle of the Bands. Yeah. yeah, they did a good so, job. They were they were six. They were six. They were six uh, last week, but they fell out. You had a lot of other teams that got in the mix. You got to play. Put your band on the road and either get them in a battle of the bands or they need to get into the conference. So, but we might also find out it's unique from this perspective, though, mm-hmm. is the conference matchups for the MEAC are at the end of the season. Okay. Because they're only six teams. So you might see them rise as they start playing more of the HBCU bands. Now, you have some cases where they're playing a CIAA <laughs> school, so it'll be interesting to see about the CIAA MEAC matchups. Interesting. So go ahead. I'm like Alan Malone. This is going to be controversial every week. <laughs> All right, but Where you know what? Folks state? I see it. I see it because they, they voting won the battle of the bands. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I, this is not no fan vote. Everybody can go stack the deck with a fan vote. What kind of mess is that? I told you this is not a fan vote. You can tell me your opinion. This is mass mess. This is not because you can stack the deck in a computer ranking and you can go tell all your friends in the alumni association, hey, go vote in this poll. No, we're not doing that. That's just because you support your school. That don't count. That's not marching sports. That's popularity content. No, nah, we're not mm. doing that. No, nah, okay. Nah. This okay. is this is different. You know, you know Dr. Cavill is 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 talking about how you get into the you we don't what Charles, what is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. No, 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 no. You say this is marching sport. Tuesday, hopefully Miles will come to the bluff this Saturday to take on my human jukebox. Yes, that would be a good one. It'd be a mid-major versus major division matchup. I like that. We'll see. That's going to be fascinating. Let me know your thoughts. Truly, let me know. I'll be looking. I'll send some of my scouts down there. They'll be on the bluff and give me their reports. I want to see it. Southern Heritage Classic is going to be on and popping. That's going to be a matchup in terms of what looks there. We'll see what that means. Any last comment overall in your thought process of how I presented the HBCU marketing sport framework of the top 10, specifically the top five programs, wins and losses, conference, non-conference matchups? I like this. You're going to assign some wins and losses week in, week out. So it ain't going to be a popularity contest. I, I, I can dig it. I will say this. and I know I'm going to catch a lot of flack from my uh, Jackson State, my Sonic Boom loves, but I, you know what? When a band dunks a ball on, on the field, uh, that's dope. I don't care what. I don't care what <laughs> that was pretty cool to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you, Charles. That's not saying that. Yeah, shout out to the 100 on that one. Yeah, they just they just had a little matchup problem in that one. You know, it's a long season. They can bounce back this week. They got yeah. the risk. That's a top five matchup. That's one to top keep eyes matchup. on. They yeah. just need to bring it home. Yeah. Yeah. They need to yeah. bring it home. Bill show got to be tight. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, this is Dr. Bill <laughs> inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Josh and Charles Bishop. First half of the show you see week one. HBCU marching sport, top 10 poll rankings. You saw the top five. We'll see what that looks like. We'll come back and we'll get in more of the football action as we look at some HBCU classic major division, mid-major division. We'll look at some independent non-conference games, and we'll let Charles get down there and break some things down. 
Stick with us. We'll be right back for the second half of the show. Clinton Paris and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Okay, so how long have you been coming to Stansburg? Uh, since 1987. I've forever loved because of people. Uh, they're real people. They, they, they help the community and their family own and operate. And the food, the quality, and service has always been phenomenal. And anywhere I'm at, I, I always recommend people to them. It's, it's great food, and you get enough love for your money. If you need a good place to eat and you want a good environment to support the community and support effort of, of the Jackson community, I recommend Stamps uh, Super Burger TV because, like I said, Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and who's about, about. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Will with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson Charles Bishop. I love the comments. Keep them coming. I know some of y'all can't get down with me in my poll rankings. I think some of y'all like it, but it is what it is. We're going to keep it going. We're going to see if I can get convert some more of you back on board. But let's get back into it. Let's start off with the HBCU class major division game of the week. Memphis, Tennessee is the place to be. For many people, Charles will be in the house, so he'll get a bird's eye view. I saw you on the sideline doing your thing, getting people off the field, getting comments. Brilliant job, brilliant job, great job. Appreciate what you're putting in there. Mm -hmm. But now you got to go face Tennessee State, and Jackson State will get it on. Non-conference contest, Liberty Bowl, Memorial Stadium. Obviously, people know about the coaching matchup between two Hall of Fame coaches, Eddie George, Coach Prime. Deion Sanders getting it done. Southern Heritage Classic Saturday, September 11th, 6 o'clock, and it will be on ESPN3. I have it as the number three Jackson State Tigers, 1-0 overall, 1-0 in the conference race after defeating FAMU in a defensive struggle. Got it done down there in Miami. Versus Tennessee State Tigers that come in 0-1 after the Tigers lost their first game of the year against Grambling State in Ohio in the Black College Hall of Fame Classic there. Charles, I dressed it up. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Well, I tell you what, this is going to be a very interesting matchup, and the question becomes uh, which team's offense can get on track. 
Uh, both teams, uh, a huge defensive performances last week. But uh, really, when you take a look at Jackson State, they, they missed some opportunities that, that I thought were were there. And then they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit with a couple of turnovers. But uh, they never could really get into an ebb and flow uh, against uh, Florida A&M. Hats off Florida A&M's defense. Uh, sort of same situation with uh, Tennessee State Bramlin. I think it was sort of an ebb and flow sort of situation where both teams really couldn't get uh, things up and going. Tennessee State playing three quarterbacks. So uh, I think uh, who is going to be the quarterback that's going to step up in this game. But uh, I tell you what, take a look at Jackson State's defense. If this past Sunday was a precursor to the rest of the season, uh, Jackson State's defense is going to be a real issue. Uh, defensive player of the week, Aubrey Miller, he flies around all over the place, but they got a pass rush. That's something we didn't see this past spring. Niles Gaddy uh, and James Houston both uh, coming off, off the edge and then getting Malik McClain back this week. Uh, another uh, impact transfer that a lot of Jackson State fans are looking for. So I, I, I think Jackson State will get this win. I think Jackson State's offense is going to get on track. They got some weapons uh, that I know without a doubt. I've seen them up close. They can get downfield fast. So I think Jackson State un, un, unlocks the key, unlocks the unlocks the lock, if you will, uh, this upcoming week against Tennessee State, and they will get the victory. I see you going in. So you're saying I need to bring out uh, my Jackson State mask. So you're already calling the shot. You're saying Jackson State will go home and get it done against Tennessee State? It's a That's grudge. It's a grudge match, but I do believe Jackson State will make it two in a row over Tennessee State. I see you. I see you. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Go out to the game. Make sure you're vaccinated. We don't want you spreading anything. Be safe. Get your barbecue on. Get to the game. Watch the Battle of the Bands. Report back and let me know your thoughts. And I'll make sure that the poll rankings will reveal it, but we're also going to talk about what does Jackson State do? Three, as they go up Tennessee State. Can Tennessee State pull up the upset? Jackson State, in your mind, will get it done. I want to go just a little directly in terms of what you saw Tennessee State defensively. Are there some concerns you see with them facing up at Jackson State? Um, I thought Jackson State didn't push it that much on offensive, but you got to imagine Week to week, they're going to open things up just a little more. And then part of that was how well you played on defense in regards to it being a game. And if it's a game, still knowing that you're not going to do as many tries, many things if you're leading and you and you can defend on your defense. Do you see them opening up a little more or do you see opportunities for Jackson State against Tennessee State's defense? Uh, I think I see some opportunities for Jackson State's offense against Tennessee State's defense. I think from a defensive perspective, Jackson State, uh, the first thing that you really want to do, and I think this is something that defense coordinator Dennis Thurman talked about last week, stop the run. And and Tennessee State has a tremendous running back, all OVC uh, running back in uh, Devon Starlin. I think you got to be able to corral him in some manner. I think Jackson State did a tremendous job last week of keeping Bishop Bonnet from, from getting off. Uh, for Florida AM. It kind of made them one dimensional, made quarterback a sitting duck back there, and uh, they were able to pin their ears back and tee off. I, I see something similar uh, this upcoming week uh, with regards to Tennessee State. Tennessee State only had 118 yards total passing last week. They, they've got to figure out some type of way to, to get some offense, and that can only happen if they get Devon Starling off. So the question is for Jackson State can they stop Starling? If they stop Starling, I think the game really tips in their balance at that point. Yeah, Elijah Ray said 
is JSU by 21. Woo! Oh, it's still a grudge match now. It's still a grudge match. So I, I can't go up to quite 21, but I think Jackson State will get the win. Chad Cooper says, hopefully this week practice will result in one Tennessee State quarterback playing. Good point, Chad Cooper. We'll see who gets not. Uh, <laughs> Coach Prime did say that during the media session for the SWAC and said, no, that's they probably they playing three quarterbacks. You got a problem. I mean, you got one. He said, that's, that's not true. us. That they probably. I like that's that. True. So let's that's get true. into this independent matchup, major division-wise, which is Prairie View. They going on the road. SWAC versus Southland Conference. Uh, it's going to be interesting uh, thought on that. It's number five, Prairie View Panthers, 1-0 and um, overall, 1-0 in conference. They're at Incarnate Word. Cardinals lost last week in a shootout in a lot of ways. They played Youngstown State, putting up points. What do you see in this matchup in San Antonio, Texas, Gale and Tom Benson Stadium? This is going to be a, a fun one. If you're a fan of offenses, you got – two quarterbacks who can really fling the ball all over the place. Uh, when you take a look at uh, Cameron Ward for Incarnate Word, he threw for 354 yards and four touchdowns last week. Incarnate Word is one of those Southland Conference teams. Uh, they they chunk the ball around all over the place, and you will always see them somewhere uh, within the upper echelon of the FCS in terms of total offense. But you also got uh, Juwan Pass, uh, some swag newcomer of the week. He throws for 354 yards. So I, I think uh, – who, what defenses can get the stops is going to be the big thing in this game. Uh, you got to be able to slow down some of these offenses. Uh, and, you know, the question becomes from Prairie View, uh, can they get those uh, two or three stops uh, that really can tip the, the game in their balance against uh, Cameron Ward? He was really chunking the ball all over the place against Youngstown State. They got into a shootout, and we don't normally see Youngstown State in, 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 in these shootouts. Uh, that game was 44-41, but I think – uh, if Prairie View can, can get to the quarterback a little bit and make some plays on, on the defensive side of the ball, they can go to San Antonio, get this win. They already uh, have uh, proven that they can beat uh, Incarnate Word. They beat them back in 2017, so they're up 1-0 in this series. Good points you make there. I'm very I'm fascinated also in terms of Prairie View's defense against Incarnate Word's offense to see what that looks like. But who are you going with? Who you got in the matchup? Who's coming out the win? Let me go with Prairie View on this one. I'm going to go with the SWAC to get the win over the Southland Conference. We got we got a couple of SWAC and Southland Conference uh, games this upcoming week. It's really important that the SWAC uh, holds up against the Southland Conference in terms of these uh, geographic matchups where you're recruiting against each other. You set it up for me well. Tuesday we talked about one of those Southland Conference matchups with the SWAC. This one is actually Alcorn State. They're at home. The Braves are at home uh, as they take on Northwestern State. Top 10 matchup with Braves being there um, in Jacksonville Stadium Saturday. Um, that is a 6 o'clock p.m. kickoff in terms of that. Who you got in that matchup? I got to see what this Alcorn Braves defense can do against uh, Northwestern State. Northwestern State, although they lost, uh, to North Texas, 44-14. They rushed for over 200 yards in the game. So you, you've got to be able to slow down Northwestern State's uh, rushing attack. Felix Harper has to be Felix Harper. He's a SWAC Offensive Player of the Year for a reason. He needs to be able to get off finally. Charles Pringle be able to, uh, uh, to, to, to be accurate 
in this game and being able to hold on to the ball. I think uh, all points really hurt themselves with a couple of uh, uh, drive killer turnovers that they had, but uh, give me the Braves in this one. Give me a lot of Stafford Anderson, Stafford Anderson. He rushed for 128 yards against North Carolina central. You got to give me him and Nico Duffy and keep Northwestern state's offense off the field because they're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball hard. So who you got? Give me the Braves. Give me the Braves at home. They don't have that many home games this year. You better, Michael Lee. Braves, don't let us down. Prairie Panthers, don't let us down. Michael Jones, Michael Jones, don't let us down. Need the Braves to bring that defense. I need Cedric Thornton to have them linebackers up near the line of scrimmage and, and, and stuck in those gaps. One more before we go to this break. We also talked about the MEAC Major Division Game of the Week, which also features uh, HBCU program in the Major Division going outside of the conference race. This one features Georgetown. It is in Dover. It's another one where the HBCU has a home game. Alumni Stadium, it's the Patriot League versus the MEAC in this matchup. This one's also Saturday. It's at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time, and it's on ESPN+. Plus. Delaware is a top 10 team in my poll ranking. Want to know after they defeated a game, Bowie State, that felt they left a lot of things on the table. But this week, Georgetown, Hoyas come in there 0-1. Who do you have in this match? Well, this is going to be a tough one, I think, for Delaware State. Uh, They were able to eat off uh, Bowie State's miscues, uh, and eventually they let Bowie State back into the game. Uh, they were up 26-3 at one point. And then, you know, you take a look at the final score being 32-24. But, you know, four picks in that game for Delaware State, the ball hawking defense. But this is going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, give me uh, Georgetown in this one, uh, especially uh, Delaware State being on the road. Give me the home team on this one. I have, I'm going to have to give you the blank mask. I do not feel comfortable about putting on an HBCU mask when you call Georgetown. So I got one of masks when you have your HBCU matchups and one is not in the swag. I'll throw on the HBCU. Understood. I got to give you a blank one there. And for those that are talking about why does he just have swag masks, well, the guy that I got these from, uh, he's doing it the right way. He has licensing. He got the licensing right to get the swag um, mask, and that is 2ttickets.com. You can go check them out. 2ttickets.com if you want to get your swag um, mask, affinity-type mask. You can go get it there. We'll be bright as we get into um, the last part of it. We get it done. As we get into the fourth quarter, we'll talk about the mid-major division. We have a couple of mid-major games of the Woo! week. HBCU classic major game of the week. And then we have an independent matchup. So we'll get into this. Stick with it. Uh, surprise you a little bit. We had it. Miles going to Southern. We'll break that down, and we got Langston hosting Texas College in a matchup. Those will be our mid-major games of the week. We'll look at one independent and one in terms of major conference, so we'll talk about that as we get into it. Stick with us for our last quarter. Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab. We'll be right back after this last break. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. 
It's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Since 2002, Empowerment Radio. Compress the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot of love. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Mike Washington is on assignment. Uh, we're going to have to make sure the drinks on Mike. Uh, it's my understanding he got a little more change in his pocket. Congratulations <laughs> to Mike getting it done. I know he's been working at that. Well deserved. But, you know, we love to be treated, especially when Brother does well. You know, it's on you to just show us how much. All day. All day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. With that being said, let's get into this mid-major matchup. This is another fast one. Uh, A lot of people are curious about Southern. Came in with high expectations, um, but was not to be previous game against Troy. But was that just the FCS, FBS thing, or is it more to this? Many people like what they saw with Miles giving Alabama State everything they need to know. Be fascinated. They take on a second swag school right now. They're going to Baton Rouge this time. A.W. Mumford Stadium, Pete Richardson Classic, SIC versus SWAC, Saturday, September 11th, 6 o'clock Central Time. Number five, Miles Golden Bear at the mid-major football ranking. They are 0-1-1 with their loss against Alabama State, as I said, but they take on Southern Jaguars, a major division, so that's that mid-major, major division. And you know they're going to come in with a lot on their chest. Coach Ruffin, uh, he's really a hot candidate in a lot of ways. Can he make a statement that Southern comes in 0-1? Charles, break it down. Well, you know, um, Ladarius Skelton has to be Ladarius Skelton in this game. Uh, he had a couple of picks uh, in that game against Troy in the game. Got away from them early, 34-3 at halftime. Uh, this one has me a little uneasy. Uh, to be honest with you, but the question in this game is, can Miles create any sort of offense? Uh, I think that's the big question in this game. We know uh, they they have defense. We know guys like Mitchell Smiley and Cadius Floyd, uh, both linebackers for them, they, they fly around, they're going to make a lot of tackles, but that's asking a lot to go against this all-swack offensive line for all-swack uh, preseason, all-swack selections. Uh, then you have uh, Devon Ben. Uh, and you have Jared Sims who can bludgeon you to death. And then LaDarius Skelton. You know, the question is, you know, can he uh, play up to his capabilities? Um, you, you hate after that first week for uh, to listen to a lot of the Southern faithful already chiming for, you know, clamoring for the backup quarterback. But I think Skelton gets it done in this game. I, I look for Southern to take this. Wow. So you got Southern. Go ahead and get it done. Maybe a closer than some people want it to be, but you say – Southern out of the sweat is going to find a way to get it done. Again, this is 2ttickets.com. Mask up. Be safe. Get your vaccination. Let's go. With that being said, let's get into this 
independent conference game, if you would, Sooner Athletic Conference. Uh, Texas College is independent in that league as they play Red River and all other sports. But you have Texas College uh, in there against the number one, the newly number one, uh, Langston Lions, as they start off conference race 1-0, uh, as well as 1-0 overall. A little bit, what do you think about Texas College Langston? You know, Texas College has struggled over the years. Is there any way Texas College can make this close? No, this would be a struggle for Texas College. Uh, you got to feed this ball uh, to Larry Harrington from Langston and, and give it to him, give it to him often. Uh, opening weekend, he, he rushed for uh, 90 yards, but I'm looking for him to have a real big game against Texas College. Look for Harrington to get over 150 yards, and Langston should win this one pretty easily. I think you, you're right on it when you talk about what's going to go on there uh, in that matchup. In terms of mid-major games, you know, we got into some of them. I do want to go back and at least get your thoughts on who's going to come out of those games. I know we went in, in depth. It's a good one there. Wingate, North Carolina, you broke it down really well. South Atlantic versus CIAA. Uh, Wingate uh, is hosting a number three Fayetteville State in my mid-major rankings, the Broncos uh, versus the Wingate. Who gets it done in this game? Ooh, What's your score on this one? That's a pretty good one. Um, That's a good one. Fayetteville yeah. State really played well the first game. They're looking to get over the hump. Uh, Wingate is, is strong coming out of South Atlantic. Who you edging? Which way you going? Let me go with Fayetteville State on this. Let me get. Let me see what this defense is talking about. Uh, uh, initial game for Fayetteville State, you had Keyshawn James three and a half sacks uh, for the Broncos. So let's see what Fayetteville State's defense can do against Wingate and see if they can. Uh, cause a little havoc back there and, and tip the scales in their favor. So look for the Broncos to, to come out with a W on this one. Lane Dragons hit the road this week. Uh, made it somewhat interesting. Stuck around and, and did some good things. Pablo really controlled most of the game. Uh, got it done against Lane Dragons as, as they gave him the first loss of the season. But now you got an SIC matchup. Clark Atlanta find a way to go on the road, get it done. Late score for Livingston. Uh, excited about what Clark Atlanta Panthers, many people don't give them much credit. They went on the road and got a solid game, obviously a team of their ilk. But now they're in a conference race. Lane comes over there. Who you got, Lane Dragons? Do they rebound in this matchup? Or does Clark Atlanta, number 10 in the ranking, do they keep it going, etch up in the top 10 ranking next week and find a way to get their second win of the season? A conference win. Who, which way are you going with this matchup? Yeah, I'm leaning towards Lane in this one. Tariq McKenzie, quarterback, and Anthony Evelyn, wide receiver. They make for a, a, a dynamic duo over there in the SIAC. And then the Dragons, they got a solid collection of uh, defense. Uh, when you're talking about defensive end, all SIAC uh, selection, uh, Bray McKenzie, and then you also got Jeffrey Johnson. So I think they have a solid team top to bottom. But you're talking about that, that quarterback uh, duo with McKenzie and, and Anthony Evelyn. I think that's a lot for Clark to, to, to bite off. So I'm going to go with the Lane Dragons in this one. Well, you broke down all the top eight games that I had going on this week between Tuesday and Thursday and gave me your score and your breakdown. A little bonus time for you. You did so well in all that. I'm going to give you a chance to tell me, is there a game that uh, any of us need to keep our eyes on that we didn't have part of the top rankings? I'll give you a little freestyle, if you would. Anything that you want us to consider uh, that we need to say, hey, check out this matchup. Keep your eyes on this. It's interesting, and this is the reason why. They want to keep their eye on a particular matchup. You know, I, I don't think we we included Florida A&M and, and Fort Valley State, but we have a quarterback change for Florida A&M. Now, Florida A&M, they got all the defense in the world, but they still got to work out the kicks, I think, on the offensive side of the ball. 
Uh, I think this will be a game that, you know, they'll, they'll get challenged a, a little bit with Fort Bell State, but I expect the Rattlers to get the victory. But, you know, I, I like these swag SIAC matchups, and every now and then we see the SIAC punch, us, uh, punch the swag in the nose. I think Jackson State can tell you well about Kentucky State. They can tell you well about Tuskegee. So, you know, we've seen it happen. Similar like you talk about Miles going into Baton Rouge to play Southern, how confident the Miles Bears will go, Golden Bears will go in their game. You have that with the Wildcats, Fort Valley State. They locked off their longtime forward to Tuskegee, shut them out, doing it in a great format. It'll be fascinating and interesting, as you said, to see, because they're going to come in with some confidence. And while you got to believe Fam use confidence is high on the defensive side, they probably question themselves a little bit on the offensive side. They made the move with the quarterback. You know, how much are they going to let them swing it? You know, what are the nerves of, you know, first-time home start? For a freshman, it'll be interesting. That's one of those games, much like Southern, you're going to want to get out in front of this. You do not want the visiting team uh, in this, our mid-major Division II team, SIAC team, to stick around because they're going to get even more confidence, and then your team may think twice about it. So great matchup, another one to keep your eyes on in terms of uh, SIAC versus a swag matchup uh, in terms of that. With that, that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure, our, make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Caville, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We hope you enjoyed the breakdown of our games of the week and the poll rankings. A lot of people seem to have fun on that. Stick with us. We got some matchups this weekend. We got some head-to-head matchups. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose when we talk about the HBC marching sport, and I'll be here to tell you where they fit in the top 10 poll ranking. We'll focus on the top five. We'll tease you a little bit to see who's dropping out, who's coming through. Let me know your thoughts. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Look forward to us as we get and give you a breakdown of what took place on Saturday. You got the game of the week in terms of SIC tonight. Make sure you tune that in. Get that in there. We'll break that down for you. Uh, and also on Sunday, you know, we'll have our wrap-up to give you everything. 9 o'clock a.m. Uh, sharp in terms of Central Standard Time. Get that done. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1. On Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Inside the HBC Sports Lab on YouTube. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Of course, Charles. Lecture. Lecture. Dismiss. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love that. And who the ball, who so listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes, sir.